0: is exactly that, repentance, restoration and revival. But not for the people of Israel, but for the Ninevites, Israel's enemy. And I'm gonna put two more R's onto that uh, that we're going to look at uh, today. And the first thing is that our God is a relational God. Our God wants to have a relationship with you, with me, with Jonah, and the Ninevites that weren't even the chosen people of Israel. And we see very early on about how close God wants to have this relationship. In chapter 1, we see that, that God speaks to Jonah and he calls Jonah And he says to Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness have come up before me. God wants to have a relationship with Jonah and a relationship with Nineveh. Now we know Nineveh is a great city. It's the capital of Assyria. It's got a population of 120,000 people. It's a city that was originally founded on godly principles it was founded by nimrod who is a great grandson of noah he was a mighty warrior for the lord it started off in the right place but somehow has gone totally askew in jonah we don't actually read much about what the Ninevites have actually done wrong. But if you go um, to the book afterwards, the book of Nahum, we read about the fact how they were doing things that were totally contrary to the Lord, how they were uh, idolatrous, how there was prostitution. There was absolutely huge cruelty um, there, Um, uh, witchcraft, wickedness, you name it, it happened basically there in the city of Nineveh. But despite the fact that they have gone so very, very wrong, God wants to have a relationship with them. God wants to have a relationship with us all. You know, there is nobody that is too bad for God to have a relationship with. And there's also a saying, too good for God to have a relationship with, too. And we see that this loving God has got a purpose and things that God may be calling us to do. And here, God calls Jonah to actually uh, go to the city. But Jonah, as we know, in his right mind, wants to go do something else. He doesn't want to go to Nineveh. So for some reason, he decides to get in a boat and go 500 miles in the opposite direction to the city of Tarshish. Now, you probably all know the next bit of the story, how there's a huge storm and how uh, Jonah is thrown overboard um, and swallowed by the big, big whale. Or the big fish, as the Bible tells us. And in that, even though Jonah has gone totally against God, what God is calling Jonah to do, God still wants to have a relationship with Jonah. And we hear um, in chapter two the great prayer that Jonah prays to God and how God delivers Jonah out of the big fish saves him and gives him a second chance so even when we go against what god is calling us to do god is still there in whatever storm of life you suddenly find yourself you probably won't find yourself in a fish very unlikely very unlikely but you might well find yourself in a sticky situation That is equally in inverted commas as fishy, you know. Um, But God is there with you in that. And as Jonah turns to God, Jonah's prayer is answered. So take those sticky, fishy situations to God because he's a relationship God who wants to know and wants to be there in those situation. So the first thing, the first are relationships. The next one you know is the repentance one that Rachel spoke about uh, last week. And we see in that passage, don't we, that the city of Nineveh repents. They put on sackcloth, They, they, they start a fast. And we hear in that passage how they, it says this. It says um, "For um, uh, that, that the king says, I hope that God will change his mind and won't destroy us. And we know that that actually is the case. God does not destroy Nineveh. God does not destroy Nineveh for at least another 150, 180, 200 years. Because they have repented, God has heard and God changes his mind. So we see restoration coming to Nineveh. That's the third arc: restoration. We see restoration come to Jonah because he's given that second chance. I often wonder why God didn't then send somebody else to Nineveh after Jonah decided to run off in the opposite direction. You know, God could have just delivered him from the fish and actually said, said I'm going to send somebody else, somebody more worthy than you to go and take this message, to the people of Nineveh, because you obviously don't want to do it. And um, you didn't do what I said. God is a gracious God a compassionate God and he gives Jonah a second chance to go and deliver that message. He restores Jonah to go and do that. So we God, got God is a what's the first R? A relational God. He wants a relationship with us. Second R was repentance. Third R restoration. Fourth from Rachel's sermon last week, revival. Revival. We see revival happen in Nineveh. They turn from their wicked ways. But do we see revival in Jonah? How does Jonah respond to all this? He's really angry. The final verse of, of um, the final verse of the bit that Hilary read is this. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. Now I've looked up this word um, angry, and it's this lovely word, uh, Yara and hara which I think is, it. he was younger and higher, was, uh, was Jonah, which means even more than angry. It means he was displeased. He was absolutely furious. Who was he furious with? God. He was absolutely furious with God. And I, I sort of found this really strange that he was so furious with God. You'd think he'd be absolutely delighted, wouldn't you? The fact that he'd been successful in his his message of telling the Ninevites that they needed to repent and turn from their wicked ways. And he'd seen it happen. You'd think he'd be sitting there saying, wow, didn't I do well? You know, they listened to me. At least he ought to be pleased and happy. But he wasn't. He was angry. Furious. And, and, and I found myself asking exactly the same questions that God goes on to answer. Why do you like that, Jonah? Why are you so angry? Why are you so furious? And we hear Jonah. Do go back and read Jonah when you get back. Treat yourself to, you know, cup of coffee, 15 minutes with your feet up and the book of Jonah. Only four chapters. Okay, because we go on to read um, this. God says, is it right for you you to be angry? And God, and and, and Jonah says this to him. Lord, when I was still at home, that is what I tried to foresee and why I dashed off to, to Tarshish. I know This is what, this is what Jonah says. I know that you are gracious and compassionate, God. Slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Thou, Lord, take away my life. So he's not just angry. He's saying he wants to die. He says that several times during that passage. Because he is so very angry. And we spent quite a bit of time in our life groups uh, discussing this. And I think the reason why he's so angry is because Jonah as he says here thought God was wrong. Jonah thought that God should have destroyed Nineveh. That's what he wanted. He wanted Nineveh to be destroyed. He didn't want it. He's God, who blessed him and his nation, blessing his enemies. Because the Ninevites were enemies of Israel, and there have been quite a number of battles and things that have happened in previous times between uh, these people and the people of Israel. Why should his God go and bless the Ninevites and save the Ninevites? Now, Rob entitled this sermon, um, Gifts to Our Enemies. Gifts to Our Enemies. But we have a God who wants to bless everybody, not just people sitting here in this church but a God who is interested in the whole world. We read, for God who loved the world that he sent his only son, and only believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus was sent to the whole world. This story of Jonah reminds me very much of the story of the prodigal son. Do you remember uh, when the, the prodigal comes home and the father greets him, puts on his ring, beautiful clothes, and throws a big party. But the older brother who's been there working away is really cross and angry, isn't he? And goes off in a sulk, just like Jonah here, goes off in a sulk and is angry. And he comes back, the older brother, doesn't he? And he says, you know, you never did this for me the father turns around and said everything I have is already yours but this sinner has come back to me my son has returned back to me and this is what God is celebrating here the Ninevites have come back to him but somehow Jeremy doesn't realise that God has got enough for both the whole nation of Israel and enough for the Ninevites. And I was wondering what to call this last R, and I'm still wondering. You might have your own thoughts. I sort of thought my spelling's so bad. I thought. I just go, God is never wrong. Because <laughs> most of my life I'm spelled wrong. It's yes, without the a W on the front. But then I thought about calling this, ah, uh, I don't know, that God is not racist. You know? That God shows no prejudice. We do god loves everyone we're called first of all to love our god and then love our neighbor as ourselves and when they ask jesus who's the neighbor we've got the parable of the good samaritan you know and sometimes i think you know in the church that we think that god just loves us his church God loves everyone out there and requires his church to go out and tell them that he loves them, which is what he required of Jonah. And sometimes I think, actually, we think, um, oh, well, people won't be interested in hearing about God out there. And I know that I fall into that category time and time and time and time again. And I need to ask forgiveness for that. Because even if they aren't interested out there in the community, God is interested in them. And it's called cool, this church, our church, to go out and to tell that. As he called Jonah, to go and tell that. Because God has a gift for his enemies. We're his church. You know? Um, and um, for the last two weeks, I have, uh, I've had the huge privilege, the huge honour, it's been an absolutely great joy to go out and, and, and be part of the mission, Give Joy, which is on a Tuesday front hour, we just give out free coffee and cake. And as I've stood out there, uh, you know, uh, and people sort of walk, you know, walk by, i found myself being very much like Jonah, and the question i will be asking you is, are we like Jonah? So I'm sort of standing out there, uh, you know, and somebody comes along with a head down to them like this. Sorry, Zoomers, we probably could see you looking like that, you know, they're walking along like that, and you, and you say, what's my automatic reaction? Oh, they're not interested. They're not interested. But of course I've forgotten. God's interested in them. That's the first thing I God's interested in them. So, um, and the first person came along looking just like that, a young lad. So, um, anyway, go up, start talking to him, and uh, give him a piece of cake. He works in town. He's going into a shop. He's in a bit of a rush. That's the first week. The second week. Oh, yes, and also, we, 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 we ask him what his job's like, tell us about his job, and we pray for his day. We say, you know, can we just bless your day? And so we just say, God bless your day, may you have good relationships with the customers that you need, um, may you have a peaceful situation there, amen. Just really simple, like that. And he says, thank you very much, and he goes on, on into town. Anyway, the next week he comes along, no, none of this, it. it's like, you know, I want to know how it's all going, you know, you can see God already working in this time to I want to see, I want to know how it's all going, how's it all gone? And, um, uh, and uh, so we sort of, you know, we tell him, give him another piece of cake, and so we say, how was your day after we after prayed for you? He said, my day was great. I had a really good day. I said. So he said, "Well, can we pray for you again?" He said, "Yeah, we'd love you to pray for, for it again." So this time we pray for his day, and we also pray that he will know that God loves him. You know, but the change in the person, from one week to the next week, God is interested in that person. You know, and if I had just thought you know, kept how I was feeling about the fact that actually I don't think he's interested and actually I'm not interested in you. If I was like Jonah, if I'd been like Jonah, which is how I sort of originally felt, you know, actually I'm not interested in you, like Jonah wasn't interested in the Ninevites, that would never have happened. But God is interested and we have a responsibility to, to be able to I must just tell you this just this other story about somebody this, this week just came along. Um, there was a guy just dashing you know dashing past, you know, and um, I can only describe him as being dark, really dark. He had black clothes on, he had black tattoos, he had black earrings, he was just really dark, and he was and he just looked really dark. You know, um, he was really, looked really tired. So, you know, eyes a I like mean, I've got a moment, but, you know, um, as he got, and he was tearing past. And I, and I just went again, exactly the same. And I just need to confess and say, sorry, sorry to God for it. He won't be interested in God. And actually, he's not like me. And I'm not interested in you. And that, it was my initial reaction. My initial reaction. You know, I was sort of prejudiced, racist, you know? He wasn't, he wasn't like me. Anyway, the Holy Spirit got the better of the situation, thank God. And I just looked and said, and I just said, oh, how are you today? And I was expecting either to frankly ignore me. I'd already worked out what the situation was going to be. That we flatly caught me, and at best, we might say five and continue walking on. But he stopped and he turned to me and said, I am so very tired. And so, of course, then I said to him, well, Why are you so tired? And then he spent the next 20 minutes telling me about his very tragic life. But he is somebody who is really interested. he's read the Bible. Um, and he but you know, he just moved to this, 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 uh, this area and everything, and, you know, um, and I said, would you like a Bible to read? He came to church and gave a Bible, he said, I would love a Bible to read. I would love a Bible to read, you know, and so he's taken off this Bible to read. Um, and the reason I'm sharing these stories with you is to really encourage you to say, you know, God's interested in the people out there and they are interested in God. They are interested in God. And we can be very uh, prejudiced, very racist or whatever the word is and think God is, and, and, and think that think that they're not interested but they are. They are. They are. Um, so the final one I'm not sure what that bar should be, other than the fact that God is not wrong and don't be racist, you know? Um, and I have thought along, I had this picture. Um, this is a really tarnished piece of silver here. You can see how pretty yucky it looked. And I felt God saying to me, you know, when you became a Christian, you became a bright, shiny one of these a bright one of these. But actually what keeps happening to me, and I think to us as church, and perhaps to you as individual, you know, is we do things wrong and we get tarnished, and we end up looking a bit like this, you know? And you heard some of the examples of some of the tarnishing that's happened in my life, you know, as I was prejudiced outside, And I believe that what God wants to do to me and what God wants to do to you and to us as a church is He wants to clean us up. Look, there's a little bit I did a bit of cleaning with. And and to ask yourself, am I a Jonah sometimes? I either run away, do I ever run away from what God is calling me to do? In which case confess it, let God restore you and uh, and, uh, and revive you? Or am I somebody sometimes who's prejudiced against people, racist against people? Because I didn't think I was, but God showed me this week that I was. You know, and you know, and I think sometimes even I was thinking about some of the ones in the church, you know. Sometimes I, I, I sort of think of, of like, you know, perhaps we, we think, well, Rob spends a lot of time, you know, with people out there, you know, who, uh, you know, he spent an hour, he shared these stories about the chats he has with them for an hour. But I sat here for the last nine months. And Rob might not have even spoken to me. God giving gifts to his enemies. You know? And sometimes I find myself complaining that I haven't had an email answered. Or something, you know? But actually, Rob is out there doing the work God has called him to do. But I'm sort of thinking, well, actually, God should be answering my emails or spending some time with me. God wants to give gifts to his enemies and he's calling each one of us to do that because these people are not God's enemies. God loves them and we, we need to love them and let God bless them. I mean, another big... Another one I've I've done. This is one. You know, you know, you all know I've got bad hearing. You know, loads of you are praying for it. Thank you, praying for my hearing. Um, But actually, I haven't been healed yet of that healing, and I don't think of my hearing. And I don't know whether God will do it. God will do it uh, uh, now, or whether or not it's going to happen in eternity when I'm going to be able to hear those angels absolutely magnificently. You know. But, God might decide to heal somebody who has never faithfully served him for years and sat here in this church. And should I be jealous of that? Because that's what God chooses to do. So, enough of that. I just want to just spend this just just spend a moment just see. Ask the Holy Spirit just to come among us and see it as anywhere, areas where perhaps you've been tarnished and need God to clean you and make you shiny again. Because let's not go and be Jonas and be angry and disgruntled with God. Or with God's representative. A new rector or, all heaven. So Father God, we want to thank you that you are a compassionate God. God, that you love each one of us so much and that you love your world and everyone in it so much. And that there is enough to go around for all of us and there's no need for us to be angry with with you. But if we are, Lord, we know we can say that to you, uh, that you will forgive us. And so we come to you as a people who perhaps needs forgiveness and restoration and a change of mind and attitude. restore us, revive us, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.